0: one truth the one truth which separates Christianity apart from every other system of belief in the world is that Jesus Christ who was crucified on a Roman cross died and rose again from the dead three days later. All other religious leaders died and are still dead. Mm. Buddha's bones are bleaching on a lonely hillside. Muhammad's voice is hushed. Confucius' vision is silent. Only Christ. Is risen again from the dead and this morning the tomb is still empty. <laughs> to strip Christianity of the doctrine of the bodily resurrection of Jesus means that our faith is no more than Eastern mysticism. Moreover, Jesus if Jesus is not alive today, everything he did was in vain. His death was a waste of a life. And everything he taught was simply the wild ravings of a madman. But, brothers and sisters, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, Paul says we are of all men most miserable. The resurrected Jesus makes the tomb a place of grace and not grief declaring that he has fulfilled the old covenant and established the saving power and presence of the Lord through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of God with power. Mary came to the tomb a good while before daylight and she finds the stone rolled away and the tomb empty Alexander McLaren that old Scottish preacher said it was fitting that he who was to scatter the darkness of the grave should rise while darkness still covered the earth but before we come to Mary before we get to window number three that was purchased by the women and there's no accident that the women purchased this window Let us take a closer look inside the empty tomb and look backwards at what Mary looked forward to. For if not, we run the risk of misinterpreting as dark what is really pregnant with light. In the tomb, there is no no trace of hurry. There is no mention or idea of struggling or rambling to get out. Jesus did not need to get out of the tomb in haste. But when you look inside, there's a calmness. There's a deliberateness. For in the majesty of his lordship over death, he just rises as if from slumber and walks out of the grave and leaves order in a land of confusion. Look at the linen clothes. The linen clothes inside the tomb have been bathed in embalming spices like myrrh and aloes that have hardened the linen cloth. And the linen cloth is now hardened on the body of Jesus in the form of his body. But Jesus is not in the tomb, but the linen cloths are still in the form of his body. He has slipped out like a butterfly from its cocoon, leaving the linen cloth in the form of his body. But that's not the real evidence the real evidence is there's a linen napkin that was put over the face of Jesus not with the linen cloth where his body was but the linen napkin is left by the door somebody ought to help me preach here Uh, I practiced this at a funeral this past week And so i'm pretty good at it right now that linen napkin is left at the door apart from the linen clothes in the shape of his body because in that day when people ate a meal after having been invited to somebody's house if they enjoyed the meal When they finished and wiped their hands and their mouth, they left the napkin on the plate saying to the host that I enjoyed the meal. But if they did not enjoy the meal, if they did not enjoy the stay, they left the napkin at the door, dropped it at the door, saying to the host, I'll never be back here again. When Jesus got up from the grave, he left the napkin by the door saying to hell and the grave, I'm never coming back here again. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. I wish I had a witness right here. He talks with me. A long life's narrow way he lives he lives salvation to impart you ask me how I know he lives I'm not talking about what somebody told me I'm not talking about what I heard on the radio he lives in my heart why seek ye the living among the dead he is not here he is risen just as he said one of the chief aims of the devil is to get us to talk about resurrection only on Easter Sunday but every morning when we wake up the psalmist said this is the day that the Lord has made We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. He's talking about the resurrection. Every time we get up in the morning, it's a resurrection morning. Monday morning is a good morning. Friday morning is a good morning. Sunday morning is a good morning. Because the Lord, not only did he get up, but he let you get up. And one day when your life is over, you're going to get up again. Because the scripture says the dead in Christ shall be raised first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air. The gospel of John says, and she saw two angels in white seated one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying Augustine uh, Augustine who was the Bishop of Carthage in North Africa Augustine of Hippo Augustine suggests that uh, the reason these angels are positioned at the head and the feet of Jesus signified that the gospel was to be preached from head to toe (laughs) from the beginning to the end Thomas Aquinas suggests that the angels represent the two testaments old and new and that their being there also represented the two natures of Christ his divinity and his humanity but hermeneutically The location of the angels at each end of the place where Jesus had been lying intends to signify the angels at the two ends of the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is made, overlaid, and encrusted with pure gold and two golden cherubim are on each end facing each other. I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. There are numerous verbal and conceptual links that support this biblical interpretation. When you look at the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament and the burial of Jesus in the New Testament, there is a congruency that will help us to see what God is trying to teach us. There is a spatial relationship between the location of the ark and the body of Jesus. The ark was in the innermost chamber of the tabernacle and separated from the holy of holies and the most holy by a veil. Jesus' body was placed in the innermost chamber of the tomb separated by a veil linen cloth that covered his face. The Ark of the Covenant was to be bathed with spices to anoint and consecrate it. The body of Jesus was anointed with spices and oils to anoint and consecrate it. Both of them were forbidden to be even looked upon or come near to. When the ark was in the place where it was in the temple, no one could come near it but the high priest on the day of atonement. When Jesus is in the cross, Mary goes to the tomb but she doesn't look in. Peter and John get the word from Mary, run into the tomb. Peter goes in, John stays a distance back, but they don't look to see Jesus' body. Brothers and sisters, hear me. Jesus in this symbolism is depicted as both the atoning sacrifice and the the one who sits enthroned between the cherubim get this when god wanted to show up to talk to his people he appeared in the shekinah cloud that rested between the cherubim but when jesus got up from the grave the glory of god in the shekinah cloud is now risen indeed and so now we don't need a high priest because we already have one Jesus the son of the living God is now our living high priest. I think it's significant that the, win- the women of our church bought this window because it says something about this woman Mary. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, not Mary the mother of Jesus. Not Mary who sat at Jesus' feet uh, at the home of Martha, but Mary Magdalene possessed with demons. This woman that Jesus had healed of demonic possession has become a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Everywhere Jesus goes, Mary Magdalene is not far behind. Because when the Lord touches your life, when the Lord delivers you from your distress, when the Lord touches you in your despair, wherever God is, you ain't far behind. People who are following Jesus from a distance, that's because they don't know nothing about his touch. They're not really sure how good he is They're not really convinced that he can do what he says he can do But people who just shout at the mention of his name People who just get happy when it gets close to Sunday morning People who put their clothes out on Friday getting ready for Sunday morning getting your hair done and getting your nails ready and getting your tie straightened with your suit because you know I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. If you're not excited to be here this morning, I suggest you get up and go somewhere else. But God's been too good to me for me to come in the Lord's presence and act like I don't know who it was that kept me. I don't know who it was that brought me. I'm riding in God's car. sleeping in God's house I'm wearing God's clothes what I have God gave me I don't want you to do it now I I don't want you to do it now cuz they're looking at you don't do it now but next Sunday when you come remember write yourself a note give give yourself a note on your phone or write it down if you think you're gonna forget next Sunday don't do it now cuz I don't want I don't want to fight to break out but, but just, just write in your notes somewhere to, to whomever is sitting next to you next Sunday. Just, just write them a little portion of note. Just put it right there on your seat. Don't have to say nothing. Just put it right next to you and say to them, if you gonna sit here, it's gonna be noisy. I'm 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 gonna wave my hand. I I don't want to knock your hat off. I ain't trying to start nothing. I I I just want you to know it's gonna be some crying. It's gonna be some racket. It's gonna be some hollering. It's gonna be some cutting up because God's been good to me and I'm asking God to do something for me that I can't do for myself and I got a feeling everything's gonna be all right. And by the time I get here next Sunday. The ashes won't be able to hold. Because this joy I have The world didn't give it. It didn't come from what I have, what I drive, where I work, who I know, cuz God's been good to me by myself. I need somebody here who's been in the house by yourself, just thanking God that you got a house to be in by yourself. You got peace and quiet. You've got joy and you've got happiness, and ain't nobody in there but you. I need somebody who's got happy on your job. You're just sitting down at your computer. And you start thinking about the doors God has opened the tears God has dried the prayers God has answered and you got to close your door because you don't want to get fired you got to shut your door because now it's time for you to start giving God some praise thank you for what you've done for me thank you for the ways you've made for me Mary, Mary is the first one at the tomb early in the morning. It's still dark. Not only physically, but it's dark Mary's soul because when she gets to the tomb the place of grace is for Mary a place of grief because she shows up weeping in verse number 14 in verse number 14, Mary, Mary comes to the tomb and when she, when she gets there, she is confused. The angels have already asked her a question and Jesus asked the same question with a caveat. The angels ask, why are you weeping? The inference is, weeping is inconsistent with what just happened grief is out of place with what just took place but mary in her confusion has not yet realized what just happened because it's dark physically and it's dark emotionally it's dark spiritually it's dark psychologically and she gets to the tomb and she's weeping and the angels ask the question and then Mary turns around and right behind her is Jesus but she's so Confused that she can't recognize it and brothers and sisters don't be too hard on on Mary because life can get so hard stress can become such a burden that Jesus can show up right behind you and you can't recognize it well maybe you haven't been that sick Maybe you haven't been that stressed, but for those of us who know what I'm talking about this morning, you know the Lord is good, but sometimes life is hell. You know the Lord is a way maker, but sometimes look like a way not gonna ever be made. You know God is a healer, but it looks like healing is far in the distance. You know it, but the physical evidence does not line up with the spiritual reality. The physical evidence is inconsistent in Mary's mind with the spiritual reality. And Jesus is standing right behind her. And in her confusion, she does not know who Jesus is. But then in verse number 15, there's a confrontation. And anybody who would follow Jesus, Jesus will confront you with Jesus. You, you don't have to take my word for that. When they brought Jesus in front of Pilate, he had been from judgment hall to judgment hall. And, and, and Mrs. Pilate said, wash your hands of this matter. Pilate got a basin and washed his hands and and said, I'll have nothing to do with this just man. And then Pilate tried one more time to free Jesus. He said, which one do you want, Barabbas or Jesus? And the crowd said, "Uh, give us Barabbas. And here is the question. Pilate asked, what shall I do with this one who is called Jesus? And the question this morning is what are you going to do with Jesus? I don't care who you are. I don't care how pretty you are. What you going to do with Jesus? I don't care what neighborhood you live in. You got to deal with Jesus. I don't care what college you went to. What are you going to do with Jesus? Cause you're gonna have to answer that question in the judgment. No, 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 Jesus don't want no little nice followers in the background just giving him a nice little golf clap. No, no, if you're gonna follow Jesus, you remember when he was coming into the city and uh, uh, the Pharisees said, Tell these folk to quit all that noise. And they were throwing down palm branches and taking their coats off and throwing them in the streets, shouting, Hosanna. And Jesus said, If these hold their peace, immediately the rocks will cry out. Rocks are silent witnesses that Jesus is the Son of God. But I don't need a silent witnesses crying out for me. I'm a living witness that he's able I'm a living witness that he's good I'm a living witness that he's a keeper I'm a living witness that he's a savior and I need some more living witnesses in here this morning um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to leave that and get to the second little thing I'm talking about here but The reason we don't have a crucifix in our church, or on our building, or on our literature, because a crucifix, a crucifix, a cruciform, has on it a dead Jesus. The symbol of our faith is a cross an empty cross that points toward an empty tomb. So we don't serve a dead Jesus. We serve a living Savior. And if the Savior is alive, those whom he has saved ought to show some sign. And if you're sitting by somebody who can't show any signs, it may be that they're still serving a dead Jesus. Amen. In verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And she, supposing he was a gardener, which is a good supposition because he's a gardener in his own garden because he's the first fruits of them that slept. That's a whole nother sermon. I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. But, but she supposed that he's a God. And she says, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where he is. And I will go and take him away. And then in verse 16, she moves from confusion and confrontation to a call. Jesus simply says, Mary. And when she heard that voice, it came to her. Sheep know their shepherd's voice and another voice they will not follow. Can't nobody call my name like Jesus nobody can speak peace to me just by calling my name like Jesus nobody can awaken my spirit nobody can quicken me like I need somebody here who's heard the Lord speak to you Now, now listen I'm not being superstitious I'm not being foolish I'm not trying to evoke a response from you if you really walk with the Lord he'll tell you some things other folk can't hear he'll show you some things other folk can't see and people think you crazy because you're doing something that doesn't make sense but when God speaks to you you got to act when the Lord speaks to you you got to move when the Lord speaks to you and God will speak to you If you listen for his voice, I'm not guessing about my salvation. I know I've been born again. I know my name is in the Lamb's book of life. I've kept you too long. Let me get finally to verse 17 and I'm going to leave you alone mary when she recognized it was jesus because the last time she saw him he was dead her last memory of him was being taken down from the cross and they hurriedly anointed his body with some spices wrapped him in a linen cloth and brought him to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and Mary thinks that he's still there. But when he calls her name and she recognizes that it is Jesus, the last time she saw him, he was dead. But this time, he's alive. And I'm sure Mary in her excitement Is about to grab him and hold on to him but Jesus tells her don't touch me he's not being rude he is not being uh, inconsiderate what Mary needs to understand what Jesus is trying to communicate to Mary what what needs to stop is not a particular act of touching Jesus but a misplaced reliance on his physical presence jesus was saying to her you will have to give up what you're trying to keep because you're trying to hold on to me physically but for you to physically hold on to me halts the process of what i came here to do i came here to be born. I came here to heal the sick. I came here to work miracles. I came here to walk on water. I came here to give sight to the blind. I came to make the dumb speak. I came to make the deaf hear. But that's not all I came to do. I came to die on a cross for your sins and the sins of the whole world. But that's not all I came to do. I came to go in the grave for three days. Just like that window at the top is Mary talking to Jesus at an empty tomb. The bottom window is Jonah being spit up by that fish on dry ground. And jesus said just like jonah was in the belly of a fish so must the son of man be in the belly of the earth and just like that that fish spit up jonah that grave had to give up jesus jesus came out of the grave but that's not all he came to do he told mary don't touch me because i'm not yet ascended to my father let me see if i can make that make sense he came to be born he came to die he came to be buried in a grave he came to be resurrected from the dead but that does not complete his assignment he has to go back to the father to sit at the right hand of god with power because Jesus is saying to Mary if I don't go the Holy Ghost can't come and if the Holy Ghost can't come you'll never be able to have me with you everywhere you go because if I'm in Jerusalem I can't be in Capernaum if I'm in Nazareth I can't be in Nain but if the Holy Ghost comes who is another comforter, another of the same kind, he will be with you everywhere. He can be at your house. He can be in Dallas and Detroit at the same time. He can be in Houston and Havana, Cuba at the same time he can be in massachusetts at the same time that he's in new york city whatever you need right now the lord can do it for you right now and doing it for you will not stop him from doing it for somebody else that's why he had to leave so he could send the holy spirit i need somebody here this morning who knows who the holy spirit is he's not in it he is a person he has personality he has will he has emotion and somebody ought to be able to feel him right now sometimes he'll wake you up in the middle of the night to let you know that whatever you're going through the holy spirit is with you when you have to face it on your job The holy ghost is there when you have to face it in your marriage the holy ghost is there when you have to face it with your children if you have to face it in the hospital the holy ghost is right there somebody ought to feel him right now i feel his presence right now moving on the altars of my heart i want to stop preaching right now but the holy spirit is in charge now I wanna leave it alone right here, but I got so much to be thankful for. I got so much to be grateful for. I got so many testimonies to talk about. I've got so many blessings to shout over. I just can't leave it alone right now. I need one or two more witnesses who know the Holy Spirit is moving in your soul. He's blessed you once, that's what the choir just got through saying he's blessed me twice he's been blessing me all my life when i look back over my shoulder to see where i've come from it was nobody but jesus nobody but jesus if he brought you and you're not ashamed to testify if he kept you and you don't mind being a witness if the holy ghost has a hold on you and you don't mind telling somebody i went to a meeting one night and my heart wasn't right something got a hold of me the holy ghost will make you walk right the Holy Ghost will make you talk right why don't you look at somebody tell them you don't know like I know you can't tell it like I can tell it what the Lord what the Lord what the Lord I know he's alright he's a keeper he's a deliverer he's a provider he's a way maker he's a rock in a weary land a shelter in a time of storm he's a friend when you're friendless bread when you're hungry water when you're thirsty y'all know him don't you he's adam's redeemer abel's vindicator Abraham's sacrifice. He's Noah's ark. Moses bush on fire. Joshua's battle axe. Y'all know him don't you? He's Gideon's fleece. God's only son. He died. Didn't he die? But early Sunday morning he got her up from the grave with all power. all power in his hand he's alive he's alive he's alive he's alive he's alive i know he's all right the living among the dead why are you still running after dead stuff dead aspirations dead hopes why are you surrounding yourself with dead people folk who ain't going nowhere, folk who ain't doing nothing with their life. Here God has a, a claim and a, a, a destiny and a future on your life and you hanging around with dead people. He is not here. He's risen. Come see the place where the Lord was laid.